Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. This is my favorite. It is just really, really lovely. You get kind of like this warm little hug and you just want to sit on Totoro's belly and yeah, it's great. As somebody who knew nothing about Studio Ghibli and I was really, apart from like what I knew from culture but hadn't seen their films, this was, I was a bit like, oh, I don't know what this is going to be. I was utterly won over and I'm not, and I don't think I was totally disposed to watching it. So the fact that it won me over, I can only give a five. In all contexts, it's just a lovely film and I just want to share that joy with others. Hello, film fans. Joining us today, we have Carrie. Hello. Jess. How you doing? And as always, Kobe. Hello. And today, we are going to be talking all things My Neighbour, Dottero. Thank you, as always, to the mighty people for the mighty, mighty tunes. And thanks to Ben from Rockwood Audio for his awesome editing skills. Please do remember to write a review and rate us on Apple Podcasts anywhere you can do where you listen to the podcast because it really does help us. And you can join in the conversation with us on Twitter at FlixWatcherPod and on Instagram at FlixWatcher. Hello film fans, welcome to this episode of Flix Watcher Podcast. Joining us remotely today, we have Jess and Carrie. If you could please tell our listeners a little bit more about who you are and what you do, and we'll start with you, please, Jess. Hello, I'm an actor and a podcaster. Uh, you might know me from Best Pick, the podcast which until recently watched, assessed uh, and discussed every Best Picture winner in no particular order. We now look at film from a variety of different angles and we have a book coming out in February. And Carrie. Hi, I'm Carrie. I, I host and produce the podcast Lights Carry Action, where I do fi- roughly 15 minute episodes talking about three films a week under a specific theme. And I review films under the criteria of storytelling, uh, representation and just nice cinematography. If the film looks nice, then I most likely will enjoy it. And yeah, it's it's a load of fun. What about Blade Runner 2047? Where do you, where do you stand on that? It looks very nice doesn't it? Yeah, so. heck of nice. <laughs> did, you, did, you, did you enjoy it? 10 out of 10. I've not seen <laughs> it. I don't know. <laughs> Fair enough. Oh, just get a still. Just Google Blade Runner, the latest one, because I'm not sure I, I said the title right there. Um, it, looked, it looked very pretty. I wasn't, that, I wasn't that taken by it, but it looked very, very pretty. And it, sorry, I meant to, I forgot to ask you, Jess, about, about Best Pick Pod. Uh, you've had, we've had uh, John Dorney and Mr. Slinsky on, on this show. Talking yes. about the films, and My you've recently from another mother. We have re- you recently completed the main task oh, that you guys did. set yourself, which was to watch <laughs> all the films. Well done until well done. until March Thank until you. March, twenty twenty two. You've completed all the films that were best pick nominees. What was it like pulling Thank the last you. one out of the hat and recording that last episode? 
thank you for recognizing our heroism and bravery with all the sitting down we did um, in a comfortable, <laughs> in, com- in comfortable surroundings. Uh, yeah, no, eating, we were, yeah, with we were snacks. interviewed about this recently on the BBC and um, because, you know, we were coming to the end and it was, you know, it was a lot of work and we were pretty proud of ourselves. And they queued us up right after this filmmaker who had to go to like the hospital with injuries from being shot at from making his film. And then they were like, and now we're on to Best Pig. These guys sat down for three years. Um, so, yeah, um, <laughs> it was it was it, I, th- I love that it's still going on. I think we we love it so much. We wanted to create a little corner of joy for ourselves and people seem to like what we do um it felt kind of momentous but it would have felt utterly devastating if we weren't continuing on but luckily we have enough listeners now to completely justify our existence so please carry on doing that <laughs> well yeah, i was i was very proud of you getting, making it all the way through and oh, thank it's, you. It's, i do um love it when there's films which you guys pull out the hat and you think this is a shit film why has this even been nominated in why was it nominated? Why did it win? It's almost like a, a Trumpian thing. How did he even get nominated? How did he win? There's there's better films out there each, each time. And I love that. Yeah. Did the, the Academy get it right? Oh. Inevitably. Not very often. I mean, the Os- Oscars are the original clickbait, aren't they, really? I think that's, that's a what brilliant it is. description. You cough, should have written yeah. Green Book. book. Cough, cough. <laughs> yeah. uh, crash. But what are you guys going to do when you get to the end of Netflix? That's what I'm worried about. What are you guys going to do when you get to the end of Netflix? When have you, what's your plan? Can't complete it. Uh, yeah. Amazon Prime. Yeah, Amazon Prime, Disney Plus, Now TV. <laughs> complete streaming. I thought it was going to happen during lockdown. Just cascading um, all the streaming apps <laughs> until it's the end of the universe. <laughs> well, we can start on TV if they run out of film. So we've, we've got options. Yeah. We have. They, they we never have. will. You just want to diminish returns. Well, we're talking about the Studio Ghibli, uh, which has recently, well, I say recently, in the last couple of years, all of the films by one has come to Netflix, which is an absolute delight because beforehand it's quite difficult for many people to get hold of a lot of these films. Carrie, you chose My Neighbor Totoro. Why did you choose it? And, and then I'll get, the, I'll get the countdown timer up and you have 60 seconds or less to give us a synopsis. Oh, but I love talking. It's my favorite thing. Um, 60 seconds or less. Yes. So one of the reasons I started my podcast, Lights Carry Action, is because it was to get round to watching the films I'd always been meaning to watch. And... A sort of subgenre of that is Studio Ghibli films. I seem to miss that bandwagon in my life. And I finally, through the podcast, I've been getting round to watching all of them. So I thought when when you asked me what kind of film what film would you like to cover, I was like, oh, you know what? People are probably gonna get really bored of me just covering a Studio Ghibli film all the time. Let's go with one of those. And I went with my neighbor Totoro. So I have a script. You're gonna be proud of me. I I, I know me, I like to waffle. So My Neighbor Dododo is about two sisters, Satsuke and May, who move into the countryside with their father whilst their mum is in hospital. And through their exploration of the house, they discover a magical world just next door of their house. Beautiful. Wow, beautiful. Helen, Jess, where do you, where do you sit with, with Ghibli? We've had a couple of Ghiblis. Very similar to Carrie. Very similar to Carrie. It has, it's one of those things, I'm, I'll get to it, I'll get to it, I'll get to it, you know, because mm. it, it looks beautiful. Um, and But I'm such a completist and I feel that like I, it, it's like too daunting to even start, you know. So this was actually fantastic and I, and I thank you and applaud you uh, for your choice, Carrie, because it meant I kind of had my first Ghibli moment. I'd like to thank my parents for never making me watch a Ghibli film. 
I know, Kobe. I know I come off like this smart gal, but here we are. I'm totally exposed <laughs> for the fraud that I am. I think I just read so many reviews and articles and sight and sound. I was like, yeah, I basically have seen it, you know. And no, I hadn't. I hadn't, obviously. Uh, yeah. Again, in fairness, it was it was tricky to catch. It was tricky to find at times. I didn't always live in London. All right. And, uh, you know, in Clamel Omniplex, you didn't get much coming from in the way of J- Japanese animation. So, yeah, like I said, this was a wonderful opportunity to actually do the damn thing. How many Ghibli movies have we seen? Who you, when you say we, who do we mean, sorry? Everyone. Give me a tally. This is my first one. I think uh, I am around the six-ish number. Uh, and I'm pretty sure we've had two on here. I'm just going to scroll down the list of Ghibli of, of films we've done. I'm sure we've had more than one. We've done Kiki's and then we did do a Ghibli film, but not on our podcast. We guested on Southern Double Deep. Ah, and what did we talk about? Only Yesterday. Ah, that's right. I think I might be in double figures. I might have seen about 10. But this this was my first, I think, and this is this is my favourite. Um, this is the one that I've watched the most and the one that I think for me is that perfect balance of kind of the the human world and then the kind of fantasy world and mm. it's got a cat buzz in it so I think it's great already 10 out of 10 best picture yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah I think for me because for context I've only seen now with Totoro I've seen that Princess Mononoke Kiki's Delivery Service Ponyo and Tales from Earthsea so Princess Mononoke is quite a dense film to watch you have to like really sit down and want to be invested in its world whereas with the neighbor Totoro it's like you're being given a warm hug and it's just it's just nice. So that's already already top my list, even with my limited range of Ghibli. Princess Mononoke is so dark. That's what I mean. You have to be in a very specific mood to watch that. Yeah, not on a calm down. Don't do that. That's a terrible idea. <laughs> Jess, what you I was trying to say? say I think what maybe slightly put me off Studio Ghibli is that I had like earnest men with goatees at parties just like mm. bang on at me for hours about this and i was like i just i'm oh yeah no we're still oh, we're still on it yeah okay okay so i think you know you know in a certain subsection are drawn to it it's like i like wes anderson films i don't know that i like wes anderson fans you know um <laughs> I think it's that, like you've subconsciously banned something yeah i think i have actually a little prejudice going on in my head yeah. a little pride and a little prejudice going on so um well done for piercing that to me i had that with um smith's with smith's fans like, understand that kobe i get that yeah and now you're like i was right <laughs> but not about the smiths in fairness but morrissey is <laughs> yeah, not no. our pal oh. oh carrie we're carrie carrie don't don't type morrissey into google you'll be angry and want to destroy <laughs> don't, everything don't do that <laughs> um yeah, I, don't, I, I can kind of get why people are super into Ghibli and I can also understand why people are like, I love the idea. I love everything. I love the images when I see them. I think, oh, I should watch more Ghibli films. And then you're like, uh, no, something else. Um, and this is one, this is the first time I've seen Totoro. And I'm like, this is, Totoro is like the, almost like the name, the, the main character. If you associate Ghibli with anything, it's Totoro. They use use imagery more than, more than other things. And you can see why, um, and it's yeah, like I think like Harry said, it's a nice warm hug of a film with a kind of hint of sadness with the maternal with the mother side there. Um I, I didn't know what was gonna happen there. I was quite concerned about that aspect of things, but then that didn't really kind of resolve itself. So I wasn't sure where where it was gonna go. But ultimately, yeah, I, I enjoyed Totter a lot and I keep on thinking and I should watch more Ghibli films. But I think everyone should watch Spirit of the Way. Definitely I think that's that's an easy kind of get one 
for, for everyone? Yes, I watched the first third of it in English class in like year seven. And I like, it's one of those things I've always wanted to watch the rest of it. But I'm like, as you said, other things happen. But now it's on Netflix. <laughs> now it's on Netflix. <laughs> I have no excuse. <laughs> I, I think like you, Kobe, I, I kind of saying like, I thought I was going to appreciate this. I thought I was going to appreciate it, but I mm. thought I didn't think I was going to be completely swept up in it. And for the first probably third to half of it, I was like, oh, wow, this is so good. This is really good. I'm really appreciating this. And then I have to say it completely and utterly got me. And I was a mess on my couch by the end. Absolutely sobbing, inconsolable. Thank you for bringing up uh, childhood trauma. Thanks a lot, guys. <laughs> Helen, Falls. do you have like Lol. an emotional... Quite a lot of that but, but the whole thing, that fearless little girl... It's that just mm, that fearlessness, mate. that beautiful, beautiful fearlessness and the robustness of her spirit and everything. I mean, it, it it could be a touring test. Are you human? Are you a robot? Let's see. Oh yeah, when she when she when she when she disappeared, that was that was a dark, that was a horrible part in the in the. I in think the film. Well, the, the, what really uh, struck me was the voice actors didn't sound like voice actors; they sounded like children. You know. Did you? Sorry, this is a question. Um, did you watch it? Japanese dubbing with subtitles or English dubbing? Uh, Japanese dubbing with subtitles. Yes, we are on the same. We are on, we are in the same boat here. I I'm appreciate not a monster, this. Carrie. You know, well, I, I did. I did a bit of half and half because oh, I've seen this. Man. I've seen this quite a few times before, and with always with the um, Japanese and subtitles. And then I happened to read that it was the Fanning sisters doing the American oh. release, which was obviously much later on because huh. uh, it was released in 1988. And part way through, I thought, I'm going to break my rule and have a listen to it because um, I, I quite like their work anyway. And it wasn't too bad, except it became Totoro. So let's go and see Totoro, which was a bit <laughs> weird. Um but I always recommend uh, the Japanese. But the the dubbing on this was all right. It's um, Dakota and Elle Fanning d- playing the sisters, so it was kind of all right, I think. But yeah, there was I always that. There was already that sisterly bond that within the film. I think for me with dubbing is that when you watch it like with with subtitles, you get a much better feel of the original intention of it. Whereas I feel like with dubbing. It's an English interpretation of the original, which I feel a Western eye. is a little yeah. bit disin not disingenuous, that's the wrong word, but like it, it it doesn't feel like concrete to me. It's not canon. That's the word. It doesn't, it doesn't match either. It's um it's different. So you I had the English subtitles on and uh Yeah, I I, yeah. I played around as well. I did I did start off with Japanese and also because I was watching a few different installments. Um, I thought, no, let's change it to English now. Let's change it to Japanese. It's time with the subtitles on. And there was some marked difference in some places. Like I, sometimes they call it dust bunnies, I think in the, in the subtitles, but I can't remember what they call it in English. It's a completely different word. And it was very different sometimes, the the the, the uh, subtitles versus the English. But I think I'm not, I'm not that fussed about, um, I think cartoon dubbing, I'm not so fussed about the language. If it was filmed, Film films, I'm always 100% about you. You you listen to it in the in the original language with subtitles. Cartoons, I'm less um, animated. I'm less. I was kind of blown away because I've I've done a lot of uh, voice acting. I've done quite a few computer games and and, and things like that. And I I mm. I felt schooled watching it. I felt utterly schooled. Like the you do a thing called like effort noises. You know, like. Ugh! 
<clears throat> you know, like when you're being killed by God knows what. <laughs> but just like the, the tiniest little um, accents that they did on just like, and also the, the, the Foley artist, like the sound design. I think because I wasn't listening to English, my brain was seeking out familiar noises. So that the the soundscape of this mm. is is as it, I, I think maybe it gets overlooked because of the beautiful animation and everything. But like that that was incredible. Like that, and I was like, this is nineteen eighty eight. What? Because like you know you animation dates from that time from other countries, but this was like if they were like oh we're, this two D uh, Japanese animation was done recently, I'd be like oh yeah because because you know and maybe it's been remastered or whatever. But it was just so precise and beautiful and incredible even the sound of the claw of uh totoro, totoro. <laughs> yeah um the, this the, the, just that his footstep their footstep was so markedly different too it was like it was like you could tell they had gone through it it reminded me of an x-files episode where um they wanted to create a sound for like an, a needle going into the back of someone's head. I don't know if we have any X-Files fans in the house, but where like, you know, the, the needle going back into the back of the skull and the Foley artists had come up with so many things and so many things and so many things and it wasn't right. And then finally someone just went, can't do it, you know, and they're like, oh, that's it. So it was like, that was the sound. Um, so it, I just, I, I, I'm, all, I'm really fascinated and intrigued by that. And I, and I felt just that, that, it felt like a cathedral of sound. It was so beautiful and so simple. I thought it was really interesting as well as we're used. Mm. I'm used to from like a, like a Western standpoint, uh, anthropomorphizing. <laughs> anthropomorphizing. Am I saying that? Is that the right usage? You know, where you like anthropomorphizing. I think. Yeah. yeah. Thank you. That's what I meant to say. Where it's like a talking car or talking this or talking that, and there was so much focus on just this human domestic story for so much of the film. It, I was like, oh, I kept waiting for something. And then even one of the most fantastical things that happens is Mai has a little nap with Totoro. They just have a nap. When they meet, they have a nap. Like, it's so gentle. It's so, <laughs> so gentle, gentle, gentle. Uh, where, do, where do you guys fall on Totoro as a as a Ghibli character? I guess this is mainly based at Helen and um, and Ten out of ten would have him as my neighbour. An icon. <laughs> So we've had uh, Kiki's Delivery Service on here before, which had strong female characters, Spirit of the Way based on strong female characters. Here we have two young, uh, powerful women. I guess I'm, I'm looking at Carrie and, and Helen here. Did you say women? I mean, they're, they're girls. It's it's absolutely girls. fine in this context, Kobe, to say the word girls, because they're girls. <laughs> they're young girls. girls. Yeah. I, I think it has just struck me that most, well, most of the Princess Mononoke, uh, most of the Ghibli characters are predominantly female. Some of the young girls, is that, is that true? Or fish girls in Ponyo. <laughs> Ponyo is a, a girl, but also kind of like a fish a thing. fish. <laughs> yeah. That's a really cool thing, though, because Disney, That's if they are, they tend to be a, a princess and also you know, on a path to get married. Also, every protagonist in Disney has dead mother syndrome. Pixar's fewer, fewer female characters. I think Ghibli, is that a thing they're known for? I think it's just accepted being like, cool female representation is like their norm and for some reason hollywood and british media just struggle to accept that concept also you had a non-distant dad a really nice present emotionally sensitive affectionate <laughs> listening father he was just was fine he was he was just fine if if so that lovely. film was live action and made by like Disney or whatever, that dad would have paid zero attention. Be like, ha ha, go back to bed, sweetie. Like it wouldn't. <laughs> I was like, how? Why are you believing them so easily? But it's but like he's it was... he, he's nurturing their imaginations and also the way to kind of not 
you know, he, the way he never dismisses them. And even the mother as well. When, mm. when they're like, there's ghosts in the house, there's ghosts in the house. Okay, if a kid says there's ghosts in the house, what do you do? Do you say, of course there isn't, and you dismiss them, and you make them feel invisible? Or do you say, oh, I love ghosts. Ghosts are fun. That's some good parenting. Go to Studio Ghibli for some parenting so tips. Wholesome. Seriously. Because I was like, this is a TED talk. And it's like laughing in the bathtub oh, as well. That's <laughs> so beautiful. Oh, so Oh, so yeah, sweet. laughing will scare away the, the dust bunnies. Like, again, just like... Yeah, and Mayo's like, I'm not scared. But making things a game <laughs> is the best way to teach anyone anything. Make it a game, you know, or to, to puzzle through something, like to, to play and engage rather than just telling or dismissing. Yeah, I, I got deep life lessons from this film. I kind of wish I'd seen it sooner, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't tell me. You didn't tell me to watch this. Well, you did now. I think one of my favorite things, like Jess, if you're going to watch more Ghibli films, like I just wanted to like quickly touch on it, how Studio Ghibli films love nature and they really incorporate that into their storytelling is one of my favorite things of like anti-climate change. I don't know. I just found that really nice. If we need to move on, we can move on. I just wanted to mention it. No, it's good. I remember like planting giant uh, sunflowers and like going outside into my garden every single day waiting for the that kind of oh. bud to arise so it kind of brought me back to those kind of blue peter loving days um so i completely i was so on the kids side when they're like oh it's not it's not planted yet it's not planted yet and then i had that experience with totoro when it, the giant camphor tree tree came out and then the next day i was back to buds again but they were super happy just that these buds had come out of the of the, of the soil and it's like I was, I was so with them at that point it's such a small kind of thing to experience but it's so beautiful when you know, something you've gone to the effort of planting comes out and, you know, eating vegetables. I've never wanted to eat vegetables more than sitting next to this to, to granny stroke nanny, depending on whether you're reading the subtitles or the or hearing the English and eating these cucumbers. I want these, I want to have a garden so I can grow my own cucumbers and eat them. It's, it's amazing. It's I don't know where I'm going. This carry you started this, but I think it's good. No, no, you're totally right. But I'm, I'm so, I'm so with you. Like, mm. I think there's this sort of, there's a spirituality through this film through nature and imagination and the seen world and the unseen world. And it seems like a deeply subtle film. Mm. But as soon as you start to talk about it, there's like this wealth of feeling kind of pours forth. And I think that is, that's why people get so um, uh, evangelistical about, or evangelist about, about, Studio Ghibli, I guess, yeah. is because they're like, no, but you don't understand. It's not just a thing. It's about a thing, about a thing, about a thing. You know, like, oh, okay. Okay, Mark, like, step away. Um, you know, so it's, 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 that, it's you know, I think I, I, I get the hype is what I'm saying after seeing this. And the animation is so exquisite that for me, it was the rain. Mm. I could have watched that animated rain and the kind of the phosphorescence as well, that effect. It was just... When, when Toto it, jumped it really up is beautiful. and bounced and all the heavy rain fell down. Oh. Onto the umbrella. Oh, well, that's cinema. Uh, that must have been good for the uh, foley, foley, foley fighting. Yeah. Should we head to the scores, guys? I'm Helen O'Hara, film journalist, author, and host of Women vs. Hollywood, a new podcast from the Strict Media family. We're exploring the fall and rise of women in Hollywood from the silent era to the present day and into the future. Each episode, I'm joined by three or more special guests to discuss the challenges that women face in the film industry and look at what we can do to change the picture. 
We've got actors, directors, producers, writers, academics, film experts, you name it, they're all here to explain what's going on in Hollywood. Search for Women vs. Hollywood now, wherever you're listening to this, and come join us. Welcome to the Flixwatcher scores. They're always out of five. You may have decimal places if you wish. And uh, we'll start with you, please, Carrie, uh, as you picked it with your recommendability. I think through talking about it with you all, I've bumped it up to a five. I just think in all contexts, it's just a lovely film. And I just want to share that joy with others. (laughs) Jess. Um, yeah, five. I think five. As somebody who knew nothing about Studio Ghibli and I was really, apart from like what I knew from culture but hadn't seen their films, this was, I was a bit like, oh, I don't know what this is going to be. I was utterly won over and I'm not, and I don't think I was totally disposed to watching it. So the fact that it won me over, I can only give a five. Helen? How could this not be a five? This is my favourite that I've seen so far. Uh, it's the one that I've seen the most as well. And it is just really, really lovely. And it is watching it. You get kind of like this warm little hug and you just want to sit on Totoro's belly and be in the in the nice forest and that kind of safe space and ride on the cat bus. And yeah, it's great. And if you're wanting to check out more, then we really recommend Glibliotech podcast as a kind of good watch along companion um if you kind of follow the order that they they've released the episodes it's kind of like a good guide to sort of starting out with kind of top tier and then they kind of go into the slightly more obscure ones so if you're looking for an order it's kind of a good guide to to go in with that but yeah 100 percent. if you were to say watch any ghibli film this would be the top on my list i'm going to take it down from five because it wouldn't be my top ghibli film i'd go 4.75 still super high because I think Spirit of the Way still kind of had me at, had me at hello. Yeah, 4.75. It's fine. It just means you're no longer my friend, Kobe. Uh, my life. What can I do, Carrie? No riding on the cat bus for you. What can I do to get you back? Oh, I love the cat bus. But there's just some, there's some really cool scenes in um, There's some really cool scenes in, in Spirit of the Way that haunt me more than than than, uh, than Totoro. But yeah, definitely listen to Ghibli to podcast. And we've had the guys, we've had uh, Jake and Michael on here a couple of times. So listen out for their episodes as well. Uh, they didn't pick Ghibli attack. They didn't pick Ghibli films, which is. I think they've seen them all, haven't they? Yeah, they they've have seen oh, them. Oh yeah, all. that's Ghibli a. Experts. I, I wasn't going to pick an Oscar winner, you know, like it's a busman's holiday. Otherwise, it is. This, this is what we find. People, people have other film podcasts. They don't pick the films from their niche. They spread their wings. Repeat viewing score. Carry five. I would happily watch this again any given day, especially like if it's raining. You have a cup of tea or a hot chocolate. If you're feeling juvenile and just just get welcomed into the magical world and just enjoy some sister love represented on screen. Mm. Absolutely wonderful. Would happily watch again. Jess. Hmm. I'm gonna say 3.5 because I think it it sort of washed over me and went into the crevices of my soul and it's sort of, it's beautiful, but I'm I'm not gonna have that kind of religious experience again. And it's very tiny plot you know it's it's such a such slight such um spaced out beats that yeah i mean i would love to it's a film though that i would love to show to someone um you know i'm looking forward to sitting down and and watching it with um my niece or my godson you know i would definitely watch it again with them but on my own 3.5 i would say helen this is a sweet spot of 97 minutes runtime which is excellent um chef's kiss 
doesn't need to be any longer. Isn't it less than? Is it less than ninety minutes? I thought it was eighty-six. Yeah. What was no, it? it's it's ninety. It's ninety. It's not eighty-six. Because so I thought it was under, day. but then Netflix said it was ninety-seven. So yeah. maybe there's oh, something the with the version on Netflix that's slightly longer because I thought it was shorter than ninety minutes. Okay. Or maybe I've just written it down wrong. No, I think I think you're right, Alan. I think it's because uh, I was like, oh, it's an hour, it's an hour and a half and a bit, like you know. So. <laughs> um, it's a very Irish spot. way of saying a, a, a length of something. They don't need to be any longer. Uh, so uh, it's it's the one that I have seen the most. So I'm going to give it a four for repeat viewing. I think I just I need to watch other Ghibli Ghibli films. Um, it's my main takeaway from this. So I, I will repeat view it, but there's Mononoke, Howl's Moving Castle, other things, other ones I need to watch before coming back to this. Um, so I'm going to give it uh, 2.8. Small screen score. Carrie. When I was thinking about this, I was like, imagine I was handed an iPad and I was about to go on holiday, like on a plane, and I'm about to watch... My neighbor Totoro. I'd still enjoy it. I'd still have fun. So I'm going to give it a five because I feel like no matter what, I mean, ideally not on a phone, but I feel like for any kind of screen, it is it it it'll still emotionally get to you, and I think that's the point of the film anyway. Was that Carrie was at five? It was five. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Jess. Three. I think three. Three. I think animation really lends itself to to the big screen, particularly this hand hewn. Um, detail, detail, detail. You know, it, there aren't like the, the smooth curves of of computer animation, that buoyancy. This is this is so crafted and artisanal. And I think, yeah, I think it. You, I'm sure I've lost a lot watching on the small screen. I, again, with 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 the kids, it will be a different story. I think you know, put, whack it on today if you can, uh, for your kids. But I just, yeah, I I, I wouldn't be like, oh, this this will this will. Let's settle down and watch this on a small screen. So I'm gonna I'm gonna say three because it does hold up, but it's uh, yeah, I think it loses a lot. Helen, um, I'm with Carrie on this one. I've seen a couple of Glibby in the stu- in the in the cinema, and then also seen them on the small screen, and I kind of like them at home. I don't think they're a cinema experience for me. It's, I wouldn't. I'm sure the Prince Charles has done a season, and it's never been one that's made me gone. Oh, I need to see this on the big screen, even though I've seen it on a TV size. Um, so yeah, I'm going to go five. I think um, they're all on Netflix, and yeah, I think they're you know what's stopping you? Hit that button, hit that play, add a, add them to your watch list, and bash them all off in a weekend. <laughs> bash them off. You could do. <laughs> um, I'm going to go for. I've seen a couple. I've seen Kaguya on the on the on the on the big screen and and love that. So it's a very different animation animated style to um, a lot of what is typical Ghibli. But I think, as Jess said, I think there's there's something beautiful about watching animation on the bigger screen. I remember watching uh, Songs of the Sea by the same people who did Wolfwalkers, cartoon saloon guys uh, on the big screen, and then I saw Wolfwalkers on the small screen. I was just like, oh, I want to see this on the big screen. I really want to see this on the big screen for the first time. Um, I didn't quite have that with Ghibli, but I think there's. I think I'd always get something more from from uh, this kind of animation style on the big screen first. So I'm going to give it four point one engagement score. Carrie, I would give it a three. I think it is a lovely film to have in the background, and it's also a lovely film to fully give your attention to. I think that's the beauty of like those kind of Studio Ghibli films. It's 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 something that 
almost its presence is enough for you and how comforting it can be. So I'm going to give it a three. Yes. Yeah, three. Like, I don't know how far I would have gotten into it. It's deceptive. So I really recommend sticking with it. It's deceptive. For the first 40 minutes, I was like, tra-la-la-la-la-la-la. And then there's just sort of emotional heft after emotional heft. And like I said, by the end, I was all in. But if I didn't have to watch it for, for this, I may have turned it off. You know, if I wasn't watching it with with someone else, so for so I would say three, which maybe sounds kind of high considering what I've just said, but considering it's so good, so beautifully crafted, I wish I could give it more, but I would say three. Helen, I'm going a little bit high. I'm going to do three point five. There's not really much drive to this film. It's not really much plot. There's not really it's not really about that much apart from kind of a lot of fantasy stuff and some weird things happening in the forest. So it's kind of an unusual one, but it is only an hour and a half. So do stick with it. It is very magical, but also don't expect to be kind of glued to the screen or have your brain work out too much. It is just kind of like, it just kind of like happens around you at its own kind of like little pace. Feels a bit like that. That's kind of why I'd recommend I'd recommend the subtitles because I think there's a danger of scrolling with the you know. So if you want to just give it like leave your phone in another room or and make sure you have the subtitles on, that will help you hook into the world. So what was your score again? Three point five. I'm gonna go for three as well. I think for me it was more like a kind of especially when I turned it to the English, it's more kind of like let it kind of play and wash over you. So I don't feel I need to be too engaged. Um I get that gives an overall score of 4.04063. Just cracking into the fours. It's pretty high, that. Um, let's head to Twitter, guys, to get the score, see what our Twitter followers said of Totoro. And anyone who's listening, do follow us. We are on Twitter as Flixwatcher, at, sorry, at FlixwatcherPod. And follow us because we do put a shout out before we do every recording. And if you respond, we might read your little review out. Uh, so look out for tweets like this saying, we're chatting my neighbor Totoro with Kari Jomo and Jess Regan. Have you seen it? It gives you a score out of five stars uh, for an on-air shout out on Flixwatcher. And we had quite a few responses. Kari? It's a very... It's a very treasured film. It is. Uh, one of my favourite responses is M at Verbal Diorama. It was actually the first Ghibli movie I ever saw when I was a child, but I didn't know what it was as it was on TV quite late. I saw it again years later and realised it was that movie I saw as a child. It really stuck with me. It's a four and a half star movie for me. I think it was. Ghibli films were rarely on mainstream TV, were they? Um, and that's probably why it's a bit... I think some of the people that uh, Jess talks about, well, you should really watch the Studio Ghibli because you've had to you have to search it out a bit, don't you? And those people tend to feel I feel like they're bit... so underappreciated in especially Western mainstream media, unless you mm. like film and you, and and because Studio Ghibli is mentioned so often. Well, I um, do remember Empire. I first heard about Ghibli from Empire, and they they championed them. I remember they lost their minds over Spirited Away and 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 House of the Castle. And then like I was getting bitter reading these reviews, going, I'm in. Tipperary and there's no way to cinema, mm. you know. So, I think Film know. Four were the only place that were really showing them, and even then, they were on at kind of bizarre times. Yeah, and they used to be. I remember when Film Four first started, or it was like a, a Channel Four. There was like a, a, a Ghibli season, but it was like odd times. I was just like, I'm, I'm not going to watch that. But again, now it's on Netflix. It's more accessible. Jess, 
have you found the well, tweets? Yeah. Um, well, not my favorite Ghibli film. This is from We Watched a Thing, mm-hmm. uh, the podcast. Uh, while not my favorite Ghibli film, it is a truly beautiful fairy tale about grief, nature, and coming of age that is so easily enjoyed and understood from a children's perspective as well as an adult's. Just a joy from start to finish, four stars. And that's very much, I think, my, my feeling of it too. The grief, nature, and coming of age. That's your That's your lot right there. Helen. This this one comes from two tweets. This is from Kyle and Nick on film. And uh, this is from Kyle. Uh, My Neighbour Totoro is the best of the Ghibli releases, a sweet and tender story of sisterhood, the beauty of nature and the rehabilitating power of the world around us. It's the kind of movie that makes you want to go outside and sit in the rain after. Five out of five. Perfect. Nice. That's lovely. And the last one then, uh, Carrie. Yes, another one from Lee Thomas saying, I just don't get Ghibli. I'm sorry. I know that's sacrilege to many. I've tried. Totoro, Spirited Away and Howl's. I enjoy fantasy movies. I love happy movies. So what am I missing? Two out of star for this fever dream of a film as my five-year-old sat through it. Beautiful. They're not for everyone though. And they're not all amazing. Yeah. And Lee Thomas did say he's going to give it another go. So thank you very much, Lee. Hopefully... You enjoy it more this time and get some more insight from Carrie and and Jess and myself and Helen. Uh, maybe not from myself, but yes, thank you so much, guys. Um, Jess and Carrie, can you sign off by letting us know where we can find you online, including your podcasts? And we'll say goodbye to everyone who's listening. You can find me at It's Jess Regan on Twitter. You can also uh, hit up my podcast, It's Jess Regan. Hey, hey. Uh, it's just Regan all lowercase uh, uh, <laughs> at Twitter. Um, also at Best Pick Pod if you'd like to tweet us, uh, me and my podcast. And we are book uh, Best Pick, a history of, um, sorry, I should say, um, History of Film and the Academy Awards is available to pre-order now from Amazon and some other uh, platforms. So do Google us, uh, available to pre-order now coming out in february so, so that's, yeah. yeah that's what we're up to if you listen to this after the 15th of february guys go to your favorite bookstore ideally one in person and buy it indeed carrie who are you who am i what a big question <laughs> uh you can follow the podcast instagram at lights carry action and you can also follow my personal twitter at carrie jomo where i try and be funny all the time please give me likes and 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 lols compliments that'd be nice the lols <laughs> Give me the memes. Give me likes and laws. Thank you very much, guys. It's been a pleasure talking about My Never Totoro with you guys. Thanks so much for coming on. Thank you. Enjoyed this episode of Flix Watcher Podcast? Why not leave us a five-star review on iTunes? You can also follow us at Flix Watcher Pod on Twitter and we're at Flix Watcher on Instagram. Thanks as always to the mighty people for their mighty, mighty tunes and Ben from Rockwood Audio for his awesome editing skills. If you're looking to get your podcast edited as sweet as this, get in touch with Ben and that's Rockwood, R-O-K-K Wood Audio. Tell them Flix Watcher sent you. You just heard a stripped media production.